All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me, 100. I hate these kind of Mondays. Mm. Just the worst. <sighs> Do you remember, Jordan, when I uh, pronounced us as the favorites to win lock-in? Well, I do. But so did everyone else, if it makes you feel any better, Cole. Yeah, but I'm Prophet Cole. It feels a little different. feels like there's more weight behind my predictions than, say, a smart analyst. Who's paid to predict. They're not 100 Talk Clown. I mean... Hundred talk coal. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. <laughs> what a surprising weekend. <clears throat> I uh gradually put on this makeup over the course of uh gosh, what day was it? Was it Saturday? We didn't even play on Sunday. Right? No. We Or was it Friday? We no, had- we played Friday C9 and then Saturday Dignitas, who pantsed us if we're being honest about it yeah they schoolyarded us cole yeah it was bad uh oh actually so in chat i'm being uh told that um i'm dressed like a tsm fan so i better turn this off to avoid any sort of uh confusion there so right because hello everyone this is undertalk yeah nice teamwork jordan uh nice passing it back and forth Mm -hmm. Hunter Talk, the Hunter Thieves fan cast for all the fans who are still around. If you're not here, we we understand. <laughs> yeah, right. Jumped off that bandwagon real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We've got a lot of hard questions to ask. So and and this week on the show, we're gonna do more listener takes than usual because there's lots of questions being asked. Mm-hmm. Usually it's our role as the fathers in the room to talk everybody back down off of the uh, the cliff. And I think we're going to do that tonight, we'll but we're also going to, you know, maybe not do it in some respects. Just give it a little shove, just a, tip, uh, a tippy tap right toward the... Jordan, should we, should we... We should make a stream asset for disclaimer. Like we should like have like a little disclaimer segment. Yeah pop-up animation or something you do stream would you like to do uh, your your disclaimer about uh what part of the year it is and all that it's early it's <laughs> not as early as it was last time i said that but it is early it's early we got i mean i'll just we'll get into it we'll talk about it we'll we'll see there are things that you should learn from a situation like this it's important we learn those things and now now is as good a time as any cool because if you don't small figure it out now you start to accumulate l's uh which you don't want to do yes especially with that does the record still follow from spring to summer Do Doesn't. they keep that in no nope. okay nope sorry who cares hard to, hard to remember uh so spring semi matters or does well if you want to go to msi TBD. I guess we do because we have to beat EDG for the MSI championship. Let's go. Too bad. EDG won't even qualify this year. 
Oh, man. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know anything small about Small sample <laughs> size theater, okay? Small sample size theater. All of this is going to be based on a very limited set of games. It's mm -hmm. early. The real season hasn't even started. Now that we've made the disclaimer, let's just go on uh, with the show. We have another disclaimer to make, which is that we appreciate the lighting and capture devices provided by Elgato. Uh, they are great, and we thank them very much. We do. Uh, also, Cole, tonight I'm powered by water. Water. But that's okay, because I'm drinking enough ribbit energy fuel for the both oh, of yeah. us. Let's go. <laughs> I was going to chug it, but then I was like, oh, I'm wearing a 100 t-shirt. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. But, uh, and, and in solidarity, also drinking water. Water. I mean, the water lobby needs to step it up. If you're interested, if you're with the water <laughs> lobby and you're interested in sponsoring 100 Talk, please. Let us know. Until us then. Know. Okay. Let's talk first about the good news this week. Okay. Uh, so if you, if you recall, I don't think the flight check guys are watching, you know? Yeah. I think they're uh, busy with other doings tonight. Um, caught up in the fantasy of their team being good this split. But uh, they did beat us in lock-in. And we were wondering how we'd bounce back. Well, Jordan, what did we do? We bounced back with a convincing destruction of one Cloud9 semi-LCS team. <laughs> yeah, not Academy fully. Also not fully LCS, somewhere in the middle. But Cragger in mid. That's right. And Sven is, you know, it's Sven. It's not like it's... Straight up academy. I guess you could say the same thing for Stixay, right? Stixay's academy. Mm -hmm. But he's kind of like, you know, Zven was always better than Stixay. But anyway, yeah. the point is, there's some real players here. Yeah. Blabber was there, for example. Mm -hmm. Reigning MVP. Yeah. He's great. The LCS. And uh, Wait, the, the bounce back was very, very... Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Rain, like, uh, two reigning. Former reigning. Yeah. Former. Pre former reigning. Reigning. Uh, we know what you're talking about. Yeah. Clouding, clouding MVP, <laughs> the pre-reigning. Misting. <laughs> anyway. We are off the rails. <laughs> I wonder why, Cole. Okay. Uh, anyway, the point is, we bounced back, man. I felt so good about how we responded mm -hmm. against C9. Yeah. I really did. I was thinking like, okay, cool. We remembered who we are. In fact, I think I even have that as a game note. We remembered who we are. Uh, someday was on Gwen. Look at that. Love Look it. at that. Snip, snip. Love to see the Gwen. Yep. Abadaga took that power pick of Corky. Boom. Rockets. Autos. And boom. Kind of kind of only did okay, to yeah. be honest, despite the stat line looking pretty good. It was like, mm, we'll yeah. talk about that. Uh, closer on the Jarvin, oh. <laughs> which, you know, I'm willing to put up with. Yeah. But he did get that six solo kill on Zven. Zven continues to live in in a nightmare created by closer ever since finals <laughs> last year um and of course the uh the key one of the keys for me who he on an engaged support so nice things you love to see so um we've really destroyed him it was it early on like maybe like up until what like 10 minutes or so it was kind of even and it's like, oh, maybe C9's like kind of a little bit ahead. And we we busted it wide open mm -hmm. and it was it was a stomp. Like Cragger couldn't do anything. No. Nope. Um 
we had like massive engages. We had, we had like, uh, freaking FBI with the Philios like taking Baron, not even being in the Baron pit because he has the right guns up. Yeah. Just ready to fight. <laughs> yep. At all times. Uh, it was really nice. We styled on him. We felt good. We got through it. I don't know. We just need to say that first. Yeah, it's okay? important to remember. I'd, because. Yeah, go ahead. We can't forget it. We yeah. can't forget that we did that to them. And I had forgotten. I had actually forgotten that this game happened this weekend. I had fully forgotten. <laughs> you had to remind me. Uh, yeah. So it's easy to forget. And, you know, we had great games in the previous week other than the fly quests, you know? Um, admittedly weaker competition. So yes. Cloud9 was like the first, like, okay, what kind of 100 Thieves are we going to look like? And, uh, we, you know, we dismantled TSM, we dismantled Golden Guardians, FlyQuest was a question mark, and then this answered all the questions until the very next day when we took on mm -hmm. Dignitas. I honestly, I don't know about you, but I don't really, like, have much else to say about the Cloud9 game, because it is what it is. It was a stomp. I got, um, I got a couple things to say. Okay, I'm, I'm just roaring to get to the... I know, I know. Criticisms part. I am feeling less... Um, reassured by our c9 performance it was good we performed well minus a couple of things that you mentioned but it was it was the purgatory c9 you know the the visa purgatory yeah. c9 and we, we could because without ls in person there to scream from backstage about what his own players are building and force them into a pool of anxiety exactly you know yeah. this isn't the real look you're right the it's psychic the psychic terror they feel when they hover over the wrong item in the shop yeah not there so you know yeah it's a better team for sure than a tsma who got last in the group i think yeah i don't even yeah. know they got last in the I'm group so they, disgusted didn't, they didn't make with it this, i'm not even paying attention so you got to beat them and then golden guardians is our other um opposition i'm leaving our wins and lock-in feeling like I don't think these count for a whole lot. Um, just across the board. And I, and I think um, the things that we did well and that we looked good doing, it's kind of like, eh. you know, like I, I can hit a sick dunk on a four foot hoop, you know, it's, I can do that. C nine is like a nine and a half. It's foot a six foot mate. hoop, you know, got to jump a little bit. I'm gonna, oh yeah four foot is, is a little generous but my point stands it's not regulation height you know you can you can look flashy but you're still not playing against the guys you're gonna be playing against whenever you hit C9 in the regular season but did you see how we played I saw like cause we were moving around the map with confidence all of our rotations were good um, the only like sloppiness that I really saw was Abadaga with his positioning was a little lazy. Um, yep. Didn't and he didn't flash that Zven W. But like other than that, is like no, nah, we moved, we did it, we executed the plan. I don't. It's like sometimes when you win, um, sometimes when you win even against lesser competition, the manner in which you you win is important. For sure. This was what like fifteen thousand gold stomp where we did everything we wanted to do. So. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to discount this win the same way that you are. Maybe we'll, we'll give it a 92. Whoa. 92. 92%. 92%. I feel like that's right. very generous. But I, I, we played well, man. They had, we they had well. Darshan top. They have 
Isles and Sven, they have, you know, it, th- that's not their starting look. So I think that's on the generous side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. If, I, if okay. you're grading here, Cole, that's I would fair. grade them lower than 92. That's fair. Again, I am grading how we played, mm-hmm. not necessarily the opponents we played but, against but here's, in this situation. Would you agree that that was a better squad than TSM and Golden Guardians? Oh, Guardians? for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm putting them above them okay. for sure. No question. Um, here's another thing. There were some things I like to see, right? I love to see the observer panning to someday, off screen, on screen someday, and he's just snipping the turret into ribbons. That's great. Love to see that. That's what that champ is supposed to be doing. Um, I, you know, the Jarvan was a bit of a surprise for me, to be honest. I think historically it's not been the greatest just because it doesn't have the same, I thought, carry potential as, uh, uh, I don't know, something like a Viego per se. Um, but he was, he was doing a, an incredible amount of damage. And I think River had probably been taking notes on that. Uh, if you look ahead to the next series. So I, um, yeah, I just kind of some different looks. And then Leona, of course. There was this one play that I want to draw your attention to. It was a top, a top dive, and uh, closer shows up. J four puts uh, puts Darshan in the dunk tank, and then importantly, reinforcements arrive and they are rooted in place. When who he hits the zenith blade on them over the wall, stops. I think it was I think it was Blabber. Uh, it was Blabber. stops him from even trying to join the fight. And that, for mm-hmm. me, is such a huge difference from what we us- what we saw with Enchanter Huhi, which is he's he's able wow. to. You're skipping ahead I'm, in the book. I'm not. Man. I'm going to talk about ahead. this Enchanter. Well, yeah, I mean, but that this is the difference. Engage Huhi. The reason you said you like to see Engage Huhi is because he has the ability to completely shape what's happening in the game. Who is allowed to be in fights and who is not, and when fights happen and on what terms. And I think he is so good at that. He is so. I would say he's better at that than some of the other people are at standing out in their specific role. Like I think Huhi is on the same level at doing that on Engage Champ as Someday is at just his incredible team fight sense and his ability to mix it up in a team fight and even if he's not getting kills to hold his own to just do an incredible amount of damage to a group of players like I think that I had never really appreciated that until this weekend. So that's something we learned is that I really think that who he is on a different level when it comes to that kind of thing. Give him CC on a champion and he is just, he, he works wonders. He's an artist. And that was a preview of the big point I was going to make later in the pod. So stay tuned for me to reiterate. And I'll come back to that too. I've got a lot more to say about that on the other side of the coin. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the good, right? The bad was the Dignitas series and all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels oh, like sorry, one more we thing. got stumped. I have to say. Oh, man. You do not want to let me roll. Go I don't want to go to this game. Um, we had some successful ganks in mid. Two of them, in fact. I think back to back. So that was good to see. That was good to see. That doesn't happen a ton. It was good to see against C9. Credit where credit's yep. due. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, yes, cool. I'm always happy to see that. In fact, I, th- I think like I pointed that out when in the first weekend where it's like, oh, we got like ganks from closer up top mm-hmm. and we got gank mid. Yeah. Not used to seeing gank mid. That's kind of cool. Right. Uh, unfortunately. Abadaga been a little uh, a little questionable so far. Yeah. 
in Lachin and in Dignitas, that uh, came up and reared its head a lot more uh, more strongly. Uh, here's the thing. It feels like we got stomped twice in a row by Dignitas. Yeah. We kind of didn't. We got, we got destroyed in game two, and we threw game one, really. Yeah. Like, yep. we were still in a winning position for much of that game. Yep. Um, and I kind of forgot that. Like, I felt so awful about the past weekend that um, it wasn't until I watched highlights back for the third time today that I was like, you know, we actually, we were up for a while. Yeah. Um, we were kind of in command for a while and then they just kind of like got into that Drake checkmate position where we had to just play differently from. And, and the thing about Dignitas is maybe they saw what golden guardians did against us. When you remember golden Mm -hmm. guardians was like hardcore thirsting for kills um, against us. And Dignitas did that too, only with better hands. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that also just is because it's like all the attempts from golden guardians, they like rarely resulted in a, in a game changing play, even though they got kills. Right. Um, yeah. In this instance. Yeah. We got, we got killed. Those things resulted in, in kills that materially affected the game. Um, that ruined our timings that ruined our mid lane. It was just, uh, it was like we were coasting, just figuring we were going to win. Mm. You know, and the wheels came off. Yeah. Now, I won't say it felt comfortable the whole time, even when we were up. In fact, I think it was like. It was like like 11 or 12 minutes where Abadaga got caught out for the second time. You know, for no reason in whatever position he was in, greeting for waves or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we're just donating drakes. We even got. Did we get both heralds in game one? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. I think we got both heralds in game one. Yeah, and I think they still got first turret. And we, yeah, we still (laughs) gave up first turret. And I think it was in, was it in the bot lane that we gave up first turret? That sounds right, yeah. Against, you know, Neo and Biofrost. So FBI who he, with Caitlyn, Mm -hmm. gave up Neo and Biofrost first turret down low. It was just off. It was just off. Um, and I couldn't point to what I thought was happening during the game. I was like, yeah, this just feels weird. Honestly, it just feels weird. And then Neo kind of like Danny. He Danny does. He Danny does. <laughs> he did. Oh, so there were two, two different fights where it really seemed like we had won a team fight and we're going to go take a dragon. Mm. And Neo was just like a little pesty and stuck around and took us down or scared us off. And doesn't that suck? Does. Doesn't it suck that Neo is, is flexing on us that hard? Abadaga got caught out by this cue from, from the Neo Ezreal mm. that like, I can't understand how it happened. I think this was. Like Abadaga was like pushing up to the front of the group on the side, like very exposed when he had like, 10 HP. <laughs> it's like, what, what are we doing yeah. here? What are we doing here? And we just, we just entered it away. <laughs> the, the thing that jumped out it's at me the most us. is for game one, there were multiple team fights that we won and then subsequently lost the actual prize. 
there was one that we won five. It was five to two. The enemy team had two players remaining on the rift, and we had all five, and we did not secure the Drake. That may have been so. Our health bars were so low. They, they, mm, they were low. They were not so low that we should have lost a 2v5. <laughs> that was not how low they were. Uh, I think we had at least one or two players with pretty close to full health. So I would need to go back to watch for sure. Point being, so this is the thing that I think it comes down to. We had a um, we had a team comp that was just weird for us, and I think the the easiest way to summarize okay. it is that who he was on Lulu, and even his polymorph, all it does is delay a, a headshot from Neo for like one point five seconds, right? Like, <laughs> so there is this this crazy fight that I watched back, and I think it was this one that I, that we won five or that we won five two. And it's, it's the craziest thing if you watch it. We have someday, and I think he TPs in full health if this is the same fight. This is one of the fights. Yeah, I remember this. And he just jumps in. From, from their side of river. And he starts like, on jungle their side of river. doing work. And he is snipping. He probably does, I would guess, 2K damage in a, like five seconds. And they're routed, and they just start running back up the river to mid lane. And you know what happens? Not a single other player on our team does is able to do anything. No, no autos, no skill shots, nothing. And it's because our our we have no engage. <laughs> we have we have no ability to stop people who are right clicking away from us. Um, I mean, literally, we have closer on Viego, and he has a mm. gap close as an ult. That's basically it. It's a short dash. We have Gwen who has a dash. We have Caitlyn who has no mobility except for her kind of reverse net trick. Like, oh, these are all short dashes. And we're up against an Ezreal. He has a flash in his kit. And, uh, and, and then the Lulu, right? So we have a wild growth that we can put on somebody if they're standing next to them to do a knockup. There's just nothing there for us to actually stop or control what's happening in a team fight. And that's how you lose a 2v5 team fight. You spend all your ults, every ult is on cooldown, and you basically just have some very dodgeable skill shots. Um, someday did the absolute most he could have possibly hoped to do. I think he had a, actually a, a very strong game, uh, considering. Yeah. And yes, it, that, for me, that was just the summary of this entire game. It was us walking after people who were had just far more mobility and an incredible amount of poke at a Karma Ez. And I think that was the two. It was a Karma Ezreal. And between the Qs and the Ezreal shots, we lost a, a 2v5 Drake attempt. And that, it's just like, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's what this game, and Neo did a great job. Hats off to him. He Danny does yeah. for sure. And Danny, Danny yeah. somebody is not them playing poorly, although there's a part of that. But that dude just popped off. He had a great game. And uh, he stepped up. So I think that for me was like, yeah, that's how, that's the story of this game. I'm glad you pointed out the someday thing because I felt the same way. I felt like, especially that flank that he found off the TP, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Here's where we wipe them all. This is when yeah. we do the 100T thing, right? And someday gets in the middle of four. That's of it. Them, that's the know? play. Yep. That's the play. It always happens. And, and Closer does a good here job go. to, to charge into that fight as quick as he can. But he even yeah. he is unable to actually provide enough 
crowd control. Yeah, too. and and then everybody else is just lagging behind. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we've got Huhian Lulu, right? Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, I don't want to get lost. Like, I was going to go to this point. It's like we got someday on Gwen. Remember someday on Gwen against Cloud Nine? Yeah. Looked pretty unstoppable, right? Yep. He looked great on the champion. We had uh, uh, someone who has sent me a ton of messages about his takes of uh, about this team, suggesting that just put someday on Gwen, he carries us to glory. Mm -hmm. And I mean, someday did his part, yeah. I think, for the most part in this game. <laughs> like, I can't really fault him that much at all. It's because of him that we Yet, had winning team fights. There we are. Everybody else is just kind of lethargic, right? Right. right. So I'm feeling like this again because it, it just I'm just watching that thinking, oh yes, finally we got the play, and then they just totally flip it on us. And that was just that was multiple times that it happened. Um so yeah, it's like I don't I think the bot lane was weird. I'm not I'm not super against the Caitlyn. I don't love FBI and Caitlyn like ever, but I'm not super against the pick. But the Huhi Lulu pick, that just does that's not it. But we've got Gwen. Somebody's great at Gwen. Viego, closer is a god. And Oriana, Abadaga is usually a very, very good, solid Oriana, right? Yeah. Like, does the Oriana role very good. So I don't feel like, other than the who he picked, that we were in this horrible place with the draft. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yet, you, you, we do have that glaring problem. And, and so... I've been dwelling a lot personally on the on the who he thing. I again not to fault him, just the champion he was playing. Yeah. Um, sometimes it just seems like our players don't ma don't play the champions the way that you see them on other teams, right? And and I would even say um, uh, FBI on. Oh shoot! I had a point in my mind and now it's just melted away. Ezreal, FBI yeah. and Ezreal usually doesn't feel that strong to me and look look what neo did to us on that same champion like we for the most part i don't feel like we get those kind of performances off of fbi so it's like dang we didn't really screw up so much other than that one pick what's wrong with the boys but no nothing to worry about right because this is hunter t and we're in a best of three that's right had that game in our fingers we let it go Game two, we're going to bounce back. We're not going to end this one away. And we didn't because we just lost hard from the start. <laughs> wasn't an it, right? It was just, we, or it wasn't a throw. Excuse me. It was an it. Huh? Um, do you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember the famous Hunter Thieves LCS finals game one turret dive in bot side against Team Liquid? Mm -hmm. Same kind of scenario happened to us around Rift Herald. So it wasn't a turret dive, but... Huge fight. I don't even know how we lose. When we, I watch it back, I'm not fully sure what happened. But we lost hard, and we, I think we gave over four kills, maybe for nothing, to them. And it was like game over. Yeah. It was, it was just over, this, just like it was for Team Liquid against us in the finals. It was just over at that yeah, point. No, 100%. That was it. That was the end of the game. You know what it was? It was we disrespected Fake God. He got... Yeah, a perfect slice and dice, and he shredded us. And we should know he does this. Remember his like f his run into the bush, flash back into the fight, yeah. slice and yeah. dice that he it did great. when he was playing for us. Yeah. He was it was basically <laughs> like like in that same area of the map. We should know he's going to dive in and rip everyone up. You're absolutely right. Yeah. 
he got right in the middle. I think he was on three people at mm-hmm. once. Yeah. And that they, they were too low at that point. They, they were trying to stop the fight. <laughs> they, they requested a pause in the proceedings and no pause was granted. Uh, and instead we were just slaughtered and that was the end of the game. Yeah. It really was like from, from that point on, like I stopped, I stopped writing down my observations <laughs> Stop writing down what I was feeling about the game. It's just like, look, we're look, we're honestly, we're looking really, really bad now. Like we're just looking bad. Yeah. Um. I remember seeing us finally get the bot turret, and it went over to minions. Yeah. So no one's there collecting goals, and I was, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like the only way it's bad to take a turret. Do they, do they divide it equally amongst the players at that point? So everybody gets like. 60 I don't know how gold. it works, but it doesn't get, it doesn't get your carry the no, gold the way that you want it to. <laughs> it's not right? solo that's, turret gold. That's definitely not that. That's what we desperately needed. And it's like, we're in a position where who's going to carry anyway. It's like closer. Viego is kind of the only option we have. Cause like Caitlin doesn't pop off in that way. Usually, you know, it's like very rare. You get like a Caitlin carry pop off. Um, Abadaga plays Syndra from like a control perspective, you know, yeah. not like a Jensen or something. And it's like closer Viego has really got to be the, the person carrying mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't have tried and Abadaga was getting caught out randomly again. I lost track how many times it happened and I was like, I'm not sure why he's here. Ugh. um, Jordan, they did mention, however, I think it was a Zale was a Zale casting this. Was it a Zale? Mm. Or was it Kobe? I want to say it was, I thought it was a Zale pointed flowers. out the tier two turret gold on the sidelines you remember that on the sidelines yeah he pointed that out i don't yeah. know if you've heard this I hadn't, but, but it is the gold that they collect is more so we checked that box along the uh-huh. way uh and that was the only thing we had to look forward to <laughs> as fans during game two and so let me tell you something funny uh i watched this whole thing on vod squad right like uh-huh. it was my daughter's birthday well not her birthday but her birthday party yeah. on saturday so i was on vod squad and um i got so i like i like Usually I just close out of Twitter. I don't look at Twitter, but I forgot to like turn off notifications mm, for it. Dangerous. And so I got a notification from your account because I have notifications on for your tweets that said someday that's the tweet. Yeah. And that's all it was. Yeah. So I'm sitting there like, all right. Okay. Okay, cool. I think we won this series <laughs> someday must've popped up. So I'm just waiting for that to happen. <laughs> And then, like, by, like, 10 minutes into game two, I realize it's not happening. <laughs> That's right. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. We, I don't know what that tweet was about. That was about the, uh, the flank, the TP flank, get your three kills, route the enemy team. I tweeted it in the time it took us to oh, lose that as fight. it was progressing? Yes. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, because it was a very mm. drawn out, you know, car crash. Yeah, well... Me looking foolish because you know, at, at that point though, in game two, I was like, Yeah, it's not, it's not happening. <clears throat> so let's put those games to bed if you don't mind and just talk about the team as a whole right now. Yep. Some of the things we saw, what our takeaways are from lock in because obviously the good news is it doesn't matter. Mm. This is just a little preseason tournament. No one really cares about this, right? That's what we get to say now. <laughs> Even though we're like, no, this matters, rhythm. I won't say it. You know, all this stuff. No. Dang it, yeah. man. All right. Let's start, if you don't mind, with Abadaga. Because this is the most shocking thing to me. Yes. He did not shake off any rust 
In fact, I think like every game he was playing worse. <laughs> it's like the more games he played over the past two weekends, the worse he looked. Yeah. Um, that is so shocking to me. So like the way I internalized him is he's like steady, constant presence, rarely going to pop off, but never going to cost you anything. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's how it felt to me. Up to this point, he hasn't. Yeah. And, and okay, I'm glad you said that. So maybe we'll sprinkle some listener comments in mm. as we do yeah. this. Uh because there were a couple people talking about him. <clears throat> and let me find the one that I'm thinking of here on the rundown. Give me one second. Uh there were a couple people who who seem to understand Abadaga differently than I do. One of them is Jenny. Jenny and Jenny's great. Uh, I see Jenny a lot on our Twitter. She said, if Abadaga doesn't perform in spring, so she's obviously down on Abadaga, I can see a world where Jensen gets picked up for summer. 100T isn't afraid of making changes, and now even more with the championship. They'll do whatever it takes to continue the legacy, hoping Reaper can help Abadaga come back to form. Jukes. Abadaga has not performed at all during lock-in, and sadly... I don't see him improving too. And then he says, we saw a glimpse of it happening at the end of the year. What are Jenny and Juke seeing that I'm not? So for, <laughs> I'll say this, Jenny, uh, I agree that this was really bad tournament showing for him, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's no disputing that. But trading him or getting rid of him, like... That's too fast. That, like, think of what we went through to get this guy. <laughs> Think of the years of waiting. I just, do, no, I just, I cannot picture doing that. And, and, you know, I don't even like disagree with Jenny's take other than the trade part. But, and Jukes was saying, we saw this last year. And like last year, all I remember from Abadaga is, like I said, very solid, steady presence. Am I wrong? Like, do I have blinders on? Am I just being this again? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, um, the, the, I feel like the only criticism we, we or, and I don't even know if it's fair to call it criticism we made note that Abadaga wasn't didn't seem like the same kind of carry threat as some of the other preeminent mid laners and I think that is as close as you can get to really faulting his play if you even want to do that because I mean clearly one it didn't matter because we had plenty of other carry threats, and you don't need everybody on your team to hit the game-winning shot. Only one person gets to take that shot. Uh, yeah. So it's fine if he's not going to hit every game-winning shot if he's setting a pick. You know, great. He's doing his job. Um, so I, I think it's... The thing that is concerning now isn't that he's, a, he's not a carry player or that he's, you know, he's not Bjergsen or whatever. He's never been... Bjergsen. Um, he, he would say he's better than Bjergsen. But it's like the thing that's concerning is that he's, he wasn't doing his job that he was very good at the whole last split um, when we had so much success. So for me, that's what I think the, the thing is that we need to, to see happen again pretty quick is to get him back to that. And, uh, you know, that doesn't feel out of reach to me. It doesn't feel like no. we're saying he can't okay. he can't get back to that place. That's, I'm in full agreement with this, right? So my my 
position on it is kind of like, wow, he looks rusty. Wow, he sucked in lock-in. Yeah. But I know he's not going to be like that for long. Yeah. Right? So I, I like I feel confident that the problem's going to be addressed, but I'm still like just weirded out because some of it just seemed to be like playing half asleep, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's my, my deepest, darkest fear is that it's like crown on optic, right? Where it's like no. really good player does very well. And then all of a sudden just fell off a cliff because it looked like he wasn't really into being a league of legends player anymore. Right. Do you remember? This? I do remember this. It got really weird, really fast. And like, I'm not saying I suspect that is happening cause I don't Yeah. But that's just like my worst nightmare. And the fact that it's even in play sucks because I'm just, I'm just shocked that a player like him has come back looking yeah. as out of sorts right. as he does. Um, yeah. Dang. There's, there's a lot of stuff you could look at. Point to, you know, hypothesize. We'll never know. I'll say that. I feel like I say that like three times a stream at this point. We'll never know. Um, unless somebody comes out and says, you know, start it. Like there are things that are, I think it's helpful to keep in mind. Um, you know, he he's probably just coming back from a holiday. I I believe he did. He get to go back and spend some time in Europe. I think he did. Um, I'm sure he did. Yeah. yeah. So you know, like I I think it's possible that there's just an adjustment period, and I know from a skill standpoint, he is a skillful player. So I, yeah, I I expect that we'll see him return to form. Um. So I'm not I'm not at the point where I'm saying now obviously if he has a bad split and a split is a very long time um then yeah of course you start to think about what do we do about this but I don't think we'll get to that point right now I just don't see that as a likely outcome Yeah Um if he plays at this level gonna, let me be I'm super gonna... clear if he play continues to play at this level for the the entirety of the spring split that's a major problem because this is this is not a good level. I'm going to go on the record with something weird here. Okay. Though. Okay. You've done this before. Say, it's worked. Given that scenario, if he has a terrible entirety of spring split, I still want him back for summer. What happens? It's possible people just have a bad split, right? Yeah, but, but it just, I can't see like we just, we gave up so much and, and went through so much to get here with this team. Like we just, we can't just turn our backs on this guy after one split. This is hypothetical. Yeah. I still think he's going to be totally fine. Yeah. But I'm just going on the record saying if we get through spring split and he's still looking like doo-doo, because he looked like doo-doo this weekend, <laughs> uh, I still want him for summer. I'm still going to be like, nope, don't do it. Keep him. Abadaga's back, baby. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have faith. I'm going to be faithful there. And you know I'm, I'm a natural pessimist. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm keeping the patience, keeping the faith. If he has a, a bad split and again, we're way into hypothetical Phil here. I'm not saying that I would, I would, my default position is mo- you know, promote amateur player or, or, <laughs> or academy player. Um, but I think at that point you have to start to ask questions about what does our summer roster look like? Like I think you have to have the conversation. Is this something that we think is solvable? I wish I could put this on you right now. <laughs> Why? Yeah. You got Okay. You got to have the conversation. And the conversation goes like this. Is there something better we can do at mid lane? No. <laughs> That's the conversation. 
<laughs> Look, if it if it's summer too, and we get a few weeks into summer and it's not looking good, okay, maybe we can have that conversation more seriously. But yeah, I'm just no. This guy got us a chip. He's a real solid player. Perks started looking like doo doo for a lot of last year. Also, I don't know. Yeah. Started rough. Now they're looking fine. It, he'll be fine. I yep. I feel fully confident that he'll be fine. Jordan, let me volley over to you. Take away from you from the lock in tournament. Um, I'll talk about someday. And I think for me, I mean, small sample size, right? Clearly, someday we look better with someday than without someday. I I think that I have. Uh, it's it's very clear to me that we are um, currently our best team with someday. And I say that not just because of the results. I just it it became apparent how much he contributes to any given game of League of Legends during this series and during the entire tournament. Um, his intangibles, man. He just there was this uh, there was this fight specifically he was on Gwen, and he just distracted their entire team, right? And he created an opening for mm-hmm. us to, um, I think, take out. Both You're talking carries. about on bot side yeah. b- below mm-hmm. Dragon Pit. Yeah. He just he just ran him around. He just you know, and and then he and then he does the thing. Someday always does. He survived, right? He survives either survives altogether or survives long enough that yeah. you know it's an extended. It's bait. a favorable yep. trade, right? And so I would say, um, for me, I have I still have full confidence in somebody. Like I I still think that he is absolutely the player that you can win uh, a title with. All, th- all other things going well. Like, I don't have any concern that if if we are clicking in the same way that we were at the end of last split, that he's a player who would prevent us from winning a title. Like, I think he is still good enough to do that. Um, and I just, I, I see that um, he does stuff that not many other players can do in the league. And I think that's a, that's a really hard thing to walk away from if you're talking about a six-man roster and making any changes. And this is ultimate small sample size theater, right? Because we've got one game of tenacity out of six, you know, Mm -hmm. to look at. But it did, as we mentioned, feel very apparent that we were missing something intangible. Yeah. When someday was out of the game. So I totally am with this. Uh, I'll point out again that I thought at world someday was probably our best player Mm -hmm. on the team. Um, and I'm very happy for that resurgence. I love kind boy. I think he deserves the title that he got last year and he deserves a shot at another one. Yep. Um, and I, and I thought, yeah, he was our most consistent player. Well, and, and I, I'll just, I want to expand on that a little bit. All the stuff I said about someday is true, regardless of whether tenacity is in the conversation or not. So it, you know, agree that evaluation is entirely removed from the broader six man conversation. Any talk about which we'll have, we'll have soon, guys. Any talk about tenacity, what he does well, what he doesn't do as well, and in part because we just haven't seen enough of him. I don't feel like I can give an honest um, opinion on what he brings to a team. Um, and so, what I'm what I'm saying here is not that I think we should play someday over tenacity, or that someday is absolutely our starter. But that's kind of how these these conversations wash out, right? You play a player and you see what they bring to the squad. And right now I feel like someday is, is doing a ton. Like he was our, our strongest point, I think in these games. Um, and so that's, you know, for me, like you gotta be a really, really compelling argument as an alternative to someday right now for me to say, absolutely. 
put that in there. Let's let's yeah. see what happens. Yep, agreed. Um, <clears throat> back to one of my takeaways. So, and and I think we kind of just addressed this earlier with who he um, seems like we need him on a playmaker uh, for him to feel comfortable. It's like he needs to be like disrupting movement. Um, a lot of CC getting reading people's positioning, finding the right position to be in to give everybody a chance. Yep. You know, I I think that was clear to me, like very clear. It's like okay, let's hope that there's no enchanter support meta that takes root because that will probably negate um, some of what he's best at. We kind of talked about that, so let's leave that. If you're cool with it, one thing I want to add, or one thing yeah. you want to say. Okay, I mean, cool. look, we said the same thing about. I just want to be fair. We said the same thing about Avadaga on Karma. And it we tried it and it didn't work. So I will leave the door open for us to continue to find ways to workshop this and try it again because we did this exact same thing with the exact same style of champion and it fell flat and then it didn't, right? So, I mean, for me, one of the takeaways is right now, it it appears clear that, and I think this is probably the other half of it, I don't think that Caitlyn is FBI's style of champion either. No. And so, and I know it's kind of a separate, but you take that lane because it works together in tandem. And I, and I just like strong in the meta, right. And you're they're They're talking about how Caitlyn doesn't get through, but I think it's strong in the meta in ways that don't actually emphasize the skills of these two players specifically. Right. So if we're going to do that experiment, honestly, do it in lock-in and yeah, lose sure. these games rather than two games in spring. I'm happier to do that because they don't transfer over. Um, it doesn't seem apparent to me that they're so strong that you can't lose. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, uh, this is a stupid example. It doesn't make any sense, but it's like, you know, say that say a certain strat works for people who are left-handed really well. Yeah. And it's like, well, FBI is right-handed. <laughs> You know, like that, but that's let's what I mean. try it's like, it for him. Maybe we'll try it out. You know, it's cool, <laughs> right. but he's right-handed, so it's not really working. Uh, and that was where I was going. With my next point is like just the bot lane in general. It did not have the 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 fear and the dominance that it you know creates typically. Mm-hmm. I think for most of Lockin, like there was maybe one oppressive lane that we had that really smashed, but otherwise there's just like not as much potency there. I mean, let's not, uh, and let's be fair and objective right here. When we played FlyQuest, we had Huhi on Nautilus. Mm-hmm. So he was on a very much an engaged champ. He's very comfortable on Nautilus, lots of CC, right? Like lots of opportunities to ruin people's lives. We saw him do it last year. He was on the Nautilus um, against FlyQuest, um, paired with an Aphelios, by the way. Yeah. So, but, but, Clearly the karma and the Lulu were not our cup of tea with him. And it's possible that the bot lane woes can be tied to that because, you know, it's like, okay, we, you know, our support's not functioning the way we're used to it functioning. We're playing differently. Maybe that's why we didn't look as dominant, but I don't know, man. It just looks like it's not there yeah. for whatever reason at the moment. Another thing that just like looks dull that I expected to be sharp and reliable. Yeah. I think that a large part of it is due to the changes to the game. Like I think the unleash teleport thing actually changes the way we play the game considerably. And I call this out as something that is, is going to shake things up for us. I mean, I, I'm not at all worried that FBI and who he won't 
get back to the place where they can have lane dominance. <clears throat> but you just have to, it's, it's, we have to do it differently, right? We don't have uh, a TP ready. Like you think about some, like the, think about the game against TL in the finals last split, right? Game three, I think it was. Where we start off with the four man or the, the full, you know what I'm talking about. You're talking about the turret? Yeah. Yeah. That was game one. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. Game one. Um, thank you. That was enabled by teleports coming in, right, mm -hmm. to basically make it a party. And we can't do that anymore. And that's fine. And I think we'll figure it out. But it's different. Like, that was, a, yeah. that was enough to win us a game, basically, in the finals. Right. And, yes. and that's no longer a play that we can run. So it's just going to take time. Um, and I think that it, I think it'll be fine. I'm not super worried about it, but I think it's going to be a, a meta adjustment for us for sure. Yeah, and maybe that was part of the thing, you know, when they when was it Jat that like freaked out on stream and closer was just kind of standing mm -hmm. in the yeah, demo yeah, for yeah, a while. Yeah. Looked like maybe he DC, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, maybe that's us figuring out the timing of making the plays without the TPs available mm -hmm. and making sure everything's in the exact right position before we do it. I mean, I'm pretty sure they got the kill in that play, yeah. didn't they? Yep. Um, it worked. If I'm remembering right, so yeah, it's like just kind of figuring out those little things. Um, I think certainly will happen, but yeah, what we did in lock in for the bot lane did not work. It just didn't. Mm -hmm. So I, I honestly think it's going to come down to both things, the picks and just being rusty and being, I don't know. I don't want to say not committed, but you do have to wonder at some point, like how seriously we took some of the competition. Yeah. Um, which, which we can debate yeah. more, but in fact, there was a take on that, so why not? Why not? Let's just do this. Uh, I got a thought I don't want to lose. Let me, let me just put this out here, and then we'll jump. Go, go for it. Yeah, I'll find, the, I'll find the thing. I mean, okay. So, it's kind of interesting. There's, this, there's all this conversation about our team. We talked about it. I'm not trying to say that I wasn't one of the people who were saying this. The fact that this team stayed together, that we have the cohesion, we have the history, that we have right. the... We have found success in the past. I almost wonder if when you get into a new season with all of the changes and shifts in the meta and the, you know, I, I feel like they're smaller on paper than in some years, except for the, the hmm. fart Drake, which they realized was actually just insane. Um, Horrible. So, but the, you know, if you are Dignitas and you have a team that is essentially new, you know, you've got some returning guys, of course, but you've got like River who brings his own style of gameplay. It's new to the LCS. You don't have a whole bunch of set plays that you have to unlearn, right? And so I wonder if there's a bit of an advantage in that where it's like, yeah, let's just, let's just run it. I'm on Jarvan. I'll, I'll call the shots. You guys just follow <laughs> me. I'm going to dunk these guys and then you can follow up, right? Where it... So I'm not at all trying to say that that's why they won, but I can see how in this case, like it's not like think about last year, right? It's like it was the different, uh, it was the items, you know, in some ways having mm -hmm. fundamental changes to was like, Alcove last year also uh, Alcove was two years ago. I think, I think uh, was it, it was okay. the, the riffs, you know, the elemental riffs, the new, I, the, the new, uh, the new item set for sure. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you get, and then it's like, okay, you got mythics, and then you have a gale force. Like one player has a dash now. Like there's some, you know. But this, it's like, 
you 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 change TP. That's actually a huge deal. That feels to me like a bigger yeah. change to the the first phase of the game, the first fourteen minutes, than anything else they've done recently. Like, you know, changing the with the uh, elemental rifts didn't actually change the early phase of the game at all, except it probably increased yeah. prio on dragons. Anyway, that's one thing I've thought about. It's like yeah, maybe uh, us looking rusty on some of these things was us just not having the same. Like maybe we were making the, the you know, calling for the plays that were no longer even possible to make kind of thing. Yeah. It's a good point. And I always can rely on you to be smarter about the game than I am. Um, so back to those takes about the opponents and our preparation level. Um, swimmers W swimmers said, uh, I'm pretty concerned about how much winning summer went to the boys heads. All of the losses in lock in, didn't so much feel that we got outplayed so much as we came in thinking that 50% effort could win, which if not treated in the coming weeks poses a huge problem for spring. Interesting that he points out specifically a huge problem for spring because obviously now, you know, <laughs> with summer and spring being different, um, the implications of that are different. Um, so I wonder if some of that was happening um, another possibility brought up by JC101, who says we weren't playing our best strats because we were saving them for better opponents. And then he says, I don't know if this is a hot take or if this copium I saved from Worlds is expired. <laughs> so, so that's another theory, right? Is and you alluded to this earlier with like Reaper like testing things, right? We've heard Reaper in interviews refer to cards that he can play. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's you know stacking his deck full of cards, which cards work, which cards don't. Um, but with the losses being against who they were, it does feel like I hope we were trying something different that we wanted to experiment with and it, the experiment didn't go well. I hope that's all it is. Yeah. Um, but there may, you know, there, there always is that temptation to not take the weaker opponent seriously. Right. Yeah. But in some cases it's a problem. I mean, Ab Abadaga got gapped really hard in game two by blue. Yeah. Like there's no way around it. Yeah. And did he have counterpick? I can't remember. Uh, if he did, he picked a Syndra. So it's, I would say, not the strongest counterpick. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. No, Zoe was their last pick. Oh, yeah, Zoe. So, okay, well, that's good. But still, it's, it's you know, it's one of those things. Um, Zach Remsberg said this team needed the ego check. It says, actually hate the way they talk and act since mm. winning last year. The way Abba went and clowned on Fudge in the post-game interview and claimed that they were the favorites and all of that, this needed to happen, you know? Yeah. So, okay. Ego check. possibility. Possibility that they're, Look. you know, a lot of confidence and not as much preparation. <sighs> oh, I just don't know. I don't know. For, for whatever, I don't get the impression that Reaper is a take-it-easy kind of guy. Like, I don't think it's... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem to fit yeah, his vibe. exactly. And... I, I got to go back to this for one second because Darkuth brought this up in chat and he called out that the TPs are actually now in the laning phase only defensive. They're only defensive tool. Right. And so early on, like a couple weeks ago, I think maybe last week, we talked about how you're not going to have this interference. You don't have to worry about somebody TPing behind you, right? Yeah. In the exactly. alcove bush or whatever. Um, if you're playing an aggressive lane. But I think that's actually a super interesting point. How many of our lanes have we smashed and won as, as decisively as we have? Because we have been able to have the reassurance that if it really comes down to it, 
we can overwhelm them either with TP advantage or whatever. So we can play basically at the doorstep of their turret and just, you know, s- you know smother them out, get plates, all this other stuff. Where now, if you're constantly playing up there, I mean, you have to worry a little bit that if you actually go for a play, if you try to get a kill on top of it, you're going to get a TP on top of you. So that's that's going to be really interesting to see. I'm I'm very interested to see how that change impacts us in the bot lane. Because it, it felt, that's, I think, as we you and I talked, it felt like one of the most surprising things that our bot lane seemed to be held in check pretty consistently across these opponents that in the past we would say 100% that's a dumpster matchup we're going to absolutely roll through bot lane and yeah. we had a, I think we had one of those games or maybe two of those games it wasn't like we were completely out of contention but for a lot of it was it was just like stasis it felt like we left laning phase pretty even footed it felt like and I think with Neo it absolutely showed up that he was able to hit the team fight stage on equal footing, right? Yeah. We saw what that did. For sure. So I'm done with yeah. that topic. Good point. <laughs> um, so we covered all the game change stuff that you wanted to bring up. Was there anything else game change wise? Nah. Okay. So let's go to the last one, which I think like is going to be much of the debate um, is the six man roster. Yeah. Okay. So Again, for the hundredth time, I've said, I don't like this idea. I haven't liked it since they announced it. It's just not not what I like to do, right? Like, I just like to know who the guys are. Let the guys get all the practice. Don't switch things up too much. Let them keep their rhythm. Okay, so the thing is, if we're going to say we're running a six-man roster, and it seems to be the consensus that lock-in is a great place to show proof of concept for that because not only do you have games that ultimately don't affect you um you also have best of threes you have access to best of threes right Mm -hmm. um you've got pool play against weak opponents especially this year where we didn't even get (laughs) you know lcs rosters from any of the teams in our group right did we have a single fully built out lcs roster that we played against um is FlyQuest? FlyQuest is. Uh, um, I think they are. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I think they are. But it's FlyQuest. Oh. Um, yeah, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess as since when I dig. Dignitas too. Anyway, the point is... In our, in our group, there though, were, there were our pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in, 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 in the scheme of things, like this seemed like a pretty good opportunity to, to test that out, mm-hmm. to provide proof of concept. So... If we're going to do a six-man roster, why didn't we see more of it? If we're really dedicated to that principle, we only played Tenacity one out of six games. Mm-hmm. What I think is we were counting on winning the first game against Dignitas, and we were going to play him game two, and I think that's kind of what our approach was going to be, is win game one of a best of three and play Tenacity game two, mm. and then either win. take the series or put someday back in for game three, right. you know, like that's kind of what I thought we'd end up doing. But when it played out, we got one game of tenacity. So it's like, what did we yeah. accomplish over these two weeks of lock in with having the six man available? So let me ask you a specific question about that. Do you think it's then admitted? Like, do you think that everyone is operating under the understanding here that tenacity is not as good as someday? 
Like, are we comfortable saying that? Because I don't feel like it's been advertised as such, right? Yeah, but I think that, well, the whole thing is that, is, is the long play here, where it's like, most people believe tenacity, and I'm one of them, by the way, tenacity has the potential to be a very, very, very good top laner. Mm-hmm. He's NA, right? So he would be, you know, not costing an import slot for us or any other teams. So there's that where it's like his ceiling seems to be incredibly high. Everybody was especially buzzing about him when he was just ripping up um, EU solo queue. Yep. With all the world's um, players. Yeah. Yep, with all the world's players, right? And so you, you know you have that and you know you need to, to refine that gem, right? You need to cut the diamond. Mm-hmm. And then combine that with someday can't do this forever, right? It's like LeBron yeah. where, you know, how, okay, yes, he's season 19 and he's still the best we've seen, but, but, you know, at some point right. it's going to happen or someday even has, I think maybe even looming military service yeah. um, coming up. I'm never like clear on that. Yeah. Cause like some people say it one way, some people say another, but it, you know, without knowing exactly, I think it's possible that that's on the horizon as well. So it's like the, it's like the future plan, right? It's tenacity. How soon yeah. do you rotate him in to get the experience? Whatever. That's the concept. So I don't think that most people believe tenacity is, can be a better option immediately. I think some people believe maybe he can develop into a better option over the course of this split or maybe over the course of this year. Maybe, maybe that's possible. Somebody's got a heck of a lot of game knowledge and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and experience internationally and, and in NA. So I personally wouldn't bet on the progression being that quick. But regardless of what I think, the point is, if we're doing it, don't we have to do it? Yeah. <laughs> like, how serious are we taking? Like, what's the plan? And, and it seems like 100 Thieves have been pretty quiet and not saying much about the concrete plan to use him. Yep. Our understanding is we're going to play him situationally when we think it's in our benefit to win a game. Like that's how I internalize. Like we really think there are going to be situations where we can put tenacity in to win a game. I just feel like that's such a weird message, though. So that if that's how you're approaching it, then and I'm not. I guess I'll ask you as fantasy jam here. Are, oh, you're that. gonna you're gonna do what you just <laughs> talked about. Put him in when you think that it gives us a chance to win a game. And so you would only put him in when you think that, looking only at the odds, you have better odds at winning a game with him over someday. That like the way that I understood how they were talking I know, about that's, it. Yeah, yeah. I I I think they said that because they want to send a positive right. message of support around tenacity. <laughs> I'm not, look, I can't, I can't speak for Reaper. I can't speak for Papa Smithy. Maybe they can say something. I don't, I don't want them to feel obligated to do so. Cause again, I, I believe in letting them mm-hmm. do things the way that they want to do without having to explain every single decision they make to the fans. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I really am. I'm just saying without that information, I'm not hundred percent clear <laughs> on what the approach is and Lockin did nothing to help. Yeah, me it didn't clarify. And, and that's my overall issue. Right. Lockin did nothing to help me understand the tenacity situation. The takeaway I have from the one game we saw is that, yeah, some intangibles seem to be missing to, and 
I guess I should say two, because tenacity seemed to play with some nerves. Okay, so there's two ways I think you can argue this. One is to say, um, maybe someday was a bright spot for us. We still lost. And so you could make the argument yep. individually. Which has happened before, by the way. Yeah. There's many, many times mm-hmm. before in pr- prior years where it's like, someday we put him on the carry, man, but we lost the game, even though he was looking good. We couldn't convert that into a win. It's kind of like the Alfari problem, right? right? So, I mean, coincidence that they're both top laners? I don't know. Um, and like, maybe it's, it has something to do with position as well. Just that that's, it's harder to carry games, hard carry games through the top lane than some of the others that are out there. Um, so I think you, maybe like that is one argument you could make. And so you could say he didn't deliver the goods. He didn't get us the dub. Uh, I think for me that the big question mark I have is the way I would look at these games. And I've said this and I will say it again is I think someday looked really good and you're going to have a hard time convincing me that you replace him that the war stat for whoever replaces him is higher, you know, like, yeah, I just don't see it. And if that's what we're doing this based on wins above replacement for anybody who's not, you know, at least sort of aware of what's going on in baseball, then I don't think tenacity ever plays. So I hope that that's not the only thing we're looking at because I think that's I don't think it's as long cited as it could be like i think you've got to look a little bit further into the future if you're talking about a six-man roster in the current setup we have and and so i think that's that's a concern for me um and again i'll reiterate what you did which is um there's no obligation here but i think it could be helpful for us to understand what to expect going into the split if they would say hey you're gonna see tenacity today it's because we think that uh, this is a a good developmental opportunity for him, right? Just like something as straightforward as that. Not because then if he goes in and it's like, yeah, we think he's going to absolutely stomp these guys. We think he's got all the strengths to do it. He matches up really well. You know, we love his champion pool against this team. They have no answer for X, Y, or Z champions, and so it's going to be awesome. He's gonna he's gonna just dominate. And then he goes out and it's like, well, it was kind of it was kind of anemic actually. I'm not really sure about that. Then everybody's going to say Tenacity's not that great if. You know, so that's, I think the risk, that's the risk is that if you set this kid up to be better than someday on any given day, and then he goes out there and he has a good game, but you know, we're like, yeah, he's, it looked fine, but I think I'd prefer someday still. Then have you really succeeded in helping to kind of create a path for him to the future where he can be our solid everyday go-to top laner? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's yeah. It's and this is one of the problems inherent in having a six man roster because the answer to this obviously is to tell the truth about him and say, hey, this is a developmental system right now for tenacity. We need to develop him because he's really talented and he's going to be really good and he's going to be very important to us in the future. But because you're running a six man roster, you feel hesitant to say that because you don't want to have someday feel threatened about you know, his starting position, what happened with Medios, for example. Um, and you also want to instill confidence in the young player that you're developing. We put him in and we think we're, we can win with this guy. Like you, you want him to have that feeling behind him. Yeah. Now, who knows? It's entirely possible. In fact, I would say likely that this was discussed with someday um, in the off season. And maybe someday's fully on board with that. 
right? Yeah. So maybe someday's like, yeah, no, like I'm cool with it. I know I, I'm not going to be in this position forever and I, I'm fine giving some opportunity to nasty to develop. I've had tons of practice over the course of my career, yada, yada. That still means in the end that you're, you're losing practice time with your main squad in place and it's just more shocks to the rhythm of the thing. And maybe, you know, Maybe philosophically, that can be a good thing. When you shock the system with something different, they're able to build, overcome, develop new ways to play, all that, right? Like lifting weights. Right. But gosh, this is such a rhythm game. Yeah. It's such a like, it, there's so much variance between like champs and how the map plays out and objectives and everything that it's like, the situations are so diverse that you just need your group to experience the different situations instead of a very routine set of situations that you can rotate different pieces in. Cause that's where I think we have trouble being like traditional sports fans of understanding this concept because in a football team, for example, it's no problem to rotate in other wide receivers mm -hmm. because guess what? <laughs> football, football, like game situations are pretty well understood and defined. And they're pretty limited, you know? You have different situations. You have, multi you have a lot more players. Um, you can train people to really be, like, really do one certain thing and rotate them in there for that one certain thing. Just League of Legends is way more diverse and complex than that. Yeah. So, it just, to me, there are inherent problems with having a six-man system from what I just explained about complexity of the game and rhythm and you know, your, your team chemistry and your team strategy all the way up to the weirdness of having to address <laughs> what's happening publicly with the fans and with the players to maybe a situation like this where we really counted on winning that first game against mm -hmm. Dignitas to give Tenacity more opportunity. Yeah. Let me... There's just so many problems. Yeah. You said that... That disruption that is created by a six-man roster is like that's a risk to a program right you know what creates more disruption a hard switch to a backup which is what tenacity is right and he was last year so you could argue whether he is now or not because we have a six-man roster but right now he's the understudy to someday and we've seen it play out how many times where it's like introducing the new LCS mid laner and they're there for like three games and it's like and now the next LCS yeah. mid you know so that and they're like really behind him yeah you know? so, and then it just so that's that's disruption here's what I'll say this is my my takeaway I think that the team knows on some level that we won't have someday next year I'm I'm convincing myself of this I think they they understand that his contract expires at the end of this calendar year and that we won't have him in 2023. And the only thing less disruptive than a hard switch to tenacity at the start of 2023 is a six-man roster for 2022. I think that's it. But my problem with that, and I, I, I don't think that's an implausible explanation. My problem with that is your window to win championships is so narrow. Absolutely. When all the pieces fall into place your way, that you do everything to take advantage of it. It's why you see NBA teams like mortgage their future when they have a shot at winning the title. Right. Because it's like, look, this isn't going to come around every day. You know what I mean? We may not have the pieces in place to get back 
to that situation. And so, you, so in my opinion, you do everything you can to win. And guess what? That seems pretty consistent with the message that's been preached by Under Thieves staff. We're here to win. We're going to do what it takes to win. We're going to spend money to win. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so again, there's a sacrifice that you're making. You don't know what's going to happen in 2023. Maybe Chovy shows up in NA finally. <laughs> Church of Chovy hey. arrives. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the pieces are going to look like. You don't know what super teams will be assembled. You don't know if someone has a, a you know a bad split or a breakdown of some sort or just retires unexpectedly. You just don't know. So you take advantage of what you do know and capitalize on it. And and that's what I would prefer to have happen. I'm not calling the shots. I got trust in the people who brought us the title, but I'm just saying, if I had to do it my way, I would do it differently. Now, there was a question asked, Tasio Salad. You got to get a new name, man. How old are you? <laughs> got to get a new name. He's, who, he asked in the listener takes, he said, I wouldn't mind hearing more about why you think the six-man roster should be forgotten about, which I think... We've done. I think like yep. I've made my position clear on that. I said, made it when I was 14. Okay, well, you're not 14 anymore. <laughs> Uh, and what you think the best course of action for tenacity with 100T would be if that was the case. Okay. And someone else asked me that. Uh, it was Switchbox on Twitter. Is like, well, what do we do with tenacity then? And I'm like, we got Gamsu in Academy. Mm-hmm. Tenacity goes down to Academy. Yeah. We don't have to release him. We don't have to sell him. He can continue to develop an Academy. It's not theoretically is like good to develop in the academy system. But I think we're seeing borne out that hundred thieves has like the best developmental system currently in the LCS. So it's not a bad place for him to be. Plus we keep him away from opponents. We have our domestic top laner. Who's Mm -hmm. got a super high ceiling, you know, ready to go. Yeah. Fake God just proved out that he can. To me, that's not, that's not controversial. And like, sorry to Gamsu, you know, but business is business. And if I have to choose between the two of them, I'm definitely choosing tenacity. I don't think it's that complicated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was surprised by those questions because it's like, yeah, we, we have okay, an actual you just put answer, them in a right? It's not like there's, you have, you have one roster and anybody who's not on it has to be released. You, know, you kind of do whatever you want with these guys. You got them on contract and you can play them in a, a couple of and different And you can places. release them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good so, point. To, yeah. To me, it's like, I, I think, people are overthinking the situation. Um, and I think just because we, we committed to a six man roster early, doesn't mean we can't change course. So just putting that out there. Um, some other things mentally, man, that's a tough message. That's a tough, you know, I got one shot. Like if I'm tenacity, like man, I got one shot in the LCS. Okay. Okay. Why do you think you got one shot? First of all, this is his second shot in LCS. He played last year. Third of all, second of all, (laughs) I was counting years. I was one year, two year, and then three. Uh, Second of all, why would you think that anyway? It's like, look, Tenacity, someday is here now. We love you. You're a strong player. We want to keep you. That's why we're paying you well to play with us. And there's a future for you here. You know what I mean? Now, he has to trust that for sure. You can't, you know, you have to have trust in that. But... I don't know. Feels to me like the the org has built that up. Now there have been a couple of weird situations in the past where players have been able to successfully smear what happened behind the scenes. You know, I I you know uh, where I stand on that is quite clear. But it seems right now 
that the thinking among players is Hundred Thieves is a great place to be. Yeah. And I just feel like if you're tenacity and you're what, 17 years old, is he even 18 <laughs> I don't yet? Know. Maybe. It's kind of okay to hang around knowing that you have a, you know, yeah. and tell them what the plan is and be honest about it. So I don't, I don't think it's that complicated. And I think that tenacity has, he's generated enough buzz that there will be no damage done to his prospects in the future unless we play him a bunch in weird situations where he loses. Yeah. That's the only thing. If he starts racking up the losses, right. then his value starts diminishing and maybe his confidence does too. Yeah. So why not keep him in Academy where everyone's super excited about him and it'll pop off and we'll win Academy again and everybody will still be drooling over tenacity. That's how I feel. It's really simple. And again, I accept totally if the plan is six-man roster. I'm just saying it's not a complicated situation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with what to you said. To not do it. <laughs> it's complicated when you do a six-man roster. It's not a complicated situation to, yeah. to just go back to five. I, no. It's complicated to go back to five. I'm not going to grant you that. It's, it's not complicated to start with five. Like They've made a decision here that is going to complicate yeah, it. That, that's what I'm saying. To run five yes. is not complicated. At this point, if you said it, <laughs> going into... Can you imagine the yeah. tweet it would take okay. to pull that <laughs> But dude, first of all, yes, you're right. But it would blow over. I promise you, it would be a week of crap then the team will start winning in the future and everything will be fine and people will forget and people will be excited about tenacity. Yeah. It would be totally fine. I actually, I think... Ne- and obviously better to have never done yes, this in right. the first place. I think the thing that's really... <laughs> that I'm most concerned about is what you said at the end there, which is... I think... You're, I, I agree with your points. I think that you're right. I think it would have been probably... Even if you had to do a hard switch, you have con- someday on contract through the end of this year. I... I I can't imagine, like, I don't know. It just feels weird to me. Anyhow, I think that um, the probably the worst case scenario here is that Tenacity plays LCS games and does poorly. Because then yeah. what do you do? Go into 2023 and say, hey, he's here. You know, and everybody's like, yeah, he's yeah, been here. Exactly. And it's not been that exactly. cool. So it's like you're, 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 if you keep him in the academy, that's not a possibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess, I guess it's possible if you keep him in Academy that he plays poorly in Academy. But again, even if he had a bad Academy split, I think people would remember it. I think people would be like, look, he's young. Yeah. He, he dominated on 100 Next. He dominated on Hearthies Academy. He had one bad split of Academy after a weird situation change. I really think it would be okay. Has he been in Academy? Really did he do one full year of Academy? I think he just did a split. Did a split of Academy? Uh, so... To, to, for, Someone correct me yeah. from chat always chat, knows chat. better. So, but, but just to play that out, if he played this whole year in Academy, he would still potentially have less than two years. He did a full year. Sounds uh, a full year. Okay, cool. So he'd have Sorry, two man. years Academy. And, and like, it's not like he's squandered away his career in Academy at that point. You know, it's not like he's now 26 and we're like, hey, you want to try LCS out? What do you think? I don't know. You got nothing, nothing else going on. Like, he's still very early on in this thing. I don't think that that would have been a, a death sentence for a career to say, spend another year in Academy. I don't know. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, how long was Palafox in Academy? And everybody still was, like, clamoring for him to be put hey, in. There's still right? a lot of hype around him. He's, and he had some good games. He's had some yeah. good games this 
pocket. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. I, I don't think that damaged him being an Academy one. No. So yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, I think, I think we've gone on a ton about we have. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but it's just like, that's the thing that everybody's talking about. That's the thing everybody's asking me. Um, uh, I just, I think we set ourselves up for a more difficult situation to manage. And now that lock-in went really unexpectedly poorly, mm-hmm. um, we're, in a hole and we just kind of got unlucky we kind of sucked we kind of got unlucky you know it's just kind of what happened um (laughs) so let's let's i think there are a couple other quick listener things that we can do and then we'll we'll wrap um first of all it's chase 26 this is a good take to keep in mind who said double lift syndrome is real lock-in doesn't count i am hoping you are right chase hoping you are right and it worked for double lifts, and maybe it'll work for the, us. Too. The Cragger um, phenomenon. <clears throat> Horrible lock in. Yeah, that's right. And now he's Horrible. the best uh, mid laner in the LCS. Best. <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, Get a sound bite of that, please. <laughs> Your response to <laughs> Dra- Draver, is that, I don't know if you say that right. Draver, Draver. Uh, says my non hot take, but actually serious take is hundred T have a serious problem that has not been fixed through all of summer 2021 worlds and Korea boot camp. If they don't win the early game super hard, their mid late game is really bad. If it hasn't been fixed over all that time, will it ever now? I don't want to, I don't want to like adjudicate this take right now. I'm saying that because I'm going to start paying attention to that closely. Um, we had a period of time where we were questioning that for sure. And I, I feel like the team found a way to start like winning, yeah. but I'm going to keep my eye on it. So I wanted to read. And I will just add that it is now harder to stomp early game as we talked about now than it was previously. Mm-hmm. So that is additional. But there are objective bounties to help you catch up. <laughs> um, Bible hints from Jesus who has the all time best modification of his name be family friendly says this there's no cause for concern for on our losses our current drafts are focused around playing the game differently than we've ever done before and then he has a list of four examples okay okay one all we did last season was slam bot tp changed changes forced us to change this around and we're learning so you know the point you made Two, some days on carries, changing the way we draft for a closer and who he undeniably true also. And we did a little bit of that, but most of the time it's the fans go, why is somebody on carries, right? But it does, it affects the draft order, mm-hmm. right? Um, three, closer is trying to play supports like Jarvin as carries. And he did. Right. And he, mean, he means a more yeah, supportive yeah, yeah. jungler, not like set up, set up junglers. Yep. Set up junglers. Yeah. Um, which I have to think about that, but it seems true. I mean, he played like when I think of closer last year, I think of Viego, Leeson, and Diane. Yeah. Those are the three yeah. that come to mind the most. Um, and then four, hard targeting of FBI by opponents in game combined with us drafting enchanters makes it hard for who he to do what he does best CC people. So I think you and I are really in line with Bible hints from Jesus. Yeah. Nice. And nice I think that, that gives me some measure of comfort. And I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Um, someone else made the point. Oh, let me see if I can find it. I'm trying to be good to people and read their names and their takes. Uh, While you're doing oh that, gosh, I'll just say that he now. had, uh, this is a stat that jumped out at me on the broadcast. I think, was it 
I swear it was 30% damage share on his two Jarvan games. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, I didn't see that stat, but that is wild. Yeah. Um, but I think like, you know, Re- Reaper is probably the kind of person who is not going to get like ruffled by losing lock-in. So again, I think it's really early mm-hmm. and there may be even a benefit because Zenith tweeted this and he tweeted it before Abadaga tweeted it because <laughs> Abadaga said this kind of later today. Zenith said this loss is great for us because we perform best as underdogs. So now that we'll be doubted the whole split in playoffs, we are unstoppable. There you go. Little fire under the booty mm-hmm. can help, right? Got to prove them wrong. Yep. Yeah. All right. So there we are from a really weird lock in Jordan. Fortunately, we get to do our favorite part of the podcast and predict what's going to happen next <laughs> week. All right. <laughs> What's your prediction for next week? Mine is I'm going to be sitting on the couch watching and wishing I was in lock-in still. What about you? Yeah. Uh, my prediction is I'll probably miss um, some significant portion of the games next weekend. And We're just vibing because we didn't freaking make it past quarterfinals. <laughs> Never thought this was possible. We don't have games to predict. We're going to sit this weekend out yeah. and watch. Well, Maybe it'll be good for practice. Maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe they'll just, maybe it's like, all right, we don't have to like prepare for matches right now. We can just keep going in on the strats. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's just, let's just enjoy his fans. Let's let's hope that's what it is. All right. Well, so that being said, we'll talk about it. We're not a hundred percent sure we'll be here next week. Since there won't be games to talk about, but we may, you know, who do something, who knows what'll happen. What we do know, two announcements. One, is that uh, right after this, so Jordan and I are going to take a quick break. We're going to be back on stream to do Talk Trios, which is our LA Thieves weird podcast slash more like a talk show. playing Warzone stream where uh, we, we have, you know, you guys, we take one of you in at a time to be a trio with us in Warzone. And as long as our squad stays alive, you get to control the conversation. We talk about your takes, we answer your questions, etc. Then as soon as our squad is wise, we move on to the next one. So, uh, we'll be back here to do that soon. We've got three people lined up for that. And uh, if you if you are hearing this now and you want to be a part of that, that's totally cool too. Uh, send me a message either on Twitter or in our Discord. Um, I can get you in the queue for that. Start your update now. So we'll, Warzone. So start your patch yeah. now, yeah. Uh, so we'll be doing our LA Thieves show at like probably like 15 more minutes. Uh, and then the second announcement was just uh just announced earlier today is that jordan and i are actually going to be casting uh the semifinals and finals of the hundred thieves community halo tournament all right so this is being uh put on by hundred thieves in their discord abby's wrangling this um there's going to be prizes for the top three teams from the foundation's uh collection of hundred thieves apparel it's going to be awesome. They're going, I think for 16 team tournament mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be like best of threes and finals will be best of fives. We're going to cast that on the hundred talk Twitch. Okay. So that will be Friday starting. We're not sure exactly when I think it was, it was around nine 30 or so. I think it was Central time. nine, nine 30 yeah. central time. Um, so we'll be casting halo, which I have never done before. Me neither. And <laughs> Jordan is way better and more knowledgeable about Halo than I am. So it'll be a lot of fun to do. It'll be a good time. Um, but it'll be a good we'll time. Make it so fun. This Friday night, yep. we'll be doing that. So that's it for now. 
We'll be back soon with LA Thieves uh, discussion on talk trios. And until then, we love you and we miss you already. Take care.